Hey guys, I'm Kenz. And I'm Ash. Welcome to the Crime Potatoes Podcast. Grab your snacks, get comfy, and let's get to it. the one that is going to tell you this week's case. Are you ready, Ash? I am ready. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to start from like beginning to beginning before anything even happens. Anyways, my sources are the podcast Fatal Friday, Wikipedia, Weird History, History Channel on YouTube, and Murderpedia. Juliet Marion Hume was born October 28, 1938, in London, to fairly wealthy parents. As a child, she was pretty sick with uh, tuberculosis. Excuse me, did I say that right? Tuberculosis is a disease that usually affects the lungs, uh, but can affect other parts of the body as well. Because of this, she was sent to live in warmer climates, such as the Caribbean and South Africa. She joined up with her family again in Christchurch, New Zealand in 1948 when her father got a job got a job as rector, which is the head of Canterbury University. So she would have been 10 years old at this time, right? Yes, I believe all so. Right. Anyways, so Juliet attended Christchurch All Girls High School where she met Pauline Parker. Pauline Yvonne Parker was born on May 26th 1938 to working class parents. Her parents worked part-time at the same university that Juliet's father worked. As a child, Pauline suffered from osteomyelitis. That's a big word, but that is an infection of bone, usually within the bone marrow. Okay, so now we know a little bit on those two. Juliet and Pauline bonded fiercely over both being sick as kids. Juliet with tuberculosis and Pauline with osteomyelitis. They also both were very much into writing. Uh, Now these girls became literally obsessed with each other to the point, this is what I found weird. They became so obsessed with each other to the point that they would be sick, physically sick when apart, like puking and refusing to leave their rooms, refusing to eat, like they would hurt themselves over being apart. They're uh, that is insane. Like, as a mother, <laughs> like, I oh, I mean, teenage girls. I, yes. Teenage girls get crazy. But, but this obsession this was goes beyond, weird. Yeah, um, not normal. And because of it, and for the time period, because we're in the 40s and 50s here, right? Yes. There was concern that the possibility that the girls were lovers. But later on in a... In, in, in later years, Julia actually did an interview, and she said that the relationship between her and Pauline were was very obsessive. She said she will admit it was very obsessive, but they were never lesbians, and that's a straight quote. She said, "We were never lesbians." But if you look again, looking at the times and how it was viewed on as a wrong thing, I can understand 
the concerns of the parents. Oh, yeah, especially, like, this is the 40s. Like, this wasn't even really an idea at the time, I feel like. Yeah. So, but even then, like, the obsession, which, again, as we get going, the obsession is just crazy. So, uh, as their friendship grew, the obsession grew, the infatuation with each other, uh, they even planned out, like, a whole fantasy life together where they would uh, eventually move to New York or Hollywood and make it big. They, they would write in Hollywood. They would write books. They would write stories. They would write plays. You know, they had created this fantasy together. As well as the fantasy they created, they made up their own religion. No. This yeah. is a cult, huh? Uh, i'm just kidding okay keep going i mean a cult of two Uh, well still i mean they they did create their own religion so yeah i I, I guess that we will see what happens yeah you never know they could so in this religion you could only enter heaven or what they called the fourth world when one reached enlightenment and according to pauline which she would interview a little bit later. She, her and Juliet had achieved this enlightenment through their friendship because they grew so close together they were able to reach the fourth world. Okay. Honestly, I'm kind of confused. <laughs> like, I couldn't even I, I, Like, I want to say enlighten me, but, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm. Like, you got to keep going because I'm so I wish so I could confused. enlighten you. It's just yeah. part of this obsessiveness that they came that their friendship had like i i wrote down i put the obsessiveness got weirder and crazier and again kept concerning their parents oh yeah if i were the parents i would be concerned it's just weird it's just weird i don't care it's weird anyways here we are so we are now in 1954 and in 1954 things took a turn for julius for one second. So in 1954, they would have been around 20 at this time? No. And in 1954, they would have been, I think, Juliet would have been about 15. Okay. That's and, right. And uh, Pauline would have been 16. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yes. No. <laughs> so they're, they're, yeah, 15 and 16 at this time in 1954. So in 1954, things took a turn for Juliet's parents. Her mother was accused of having an affair, and her father lost his job at the university. Because of all of this, Juliet's parents decided to divorce and take their their kids back to London. But because of Juliet's sickness, tuberculosis, she would be sent back to South Africa to finish up high school. Uh, Pauline and Juliet then saw this as the perfect opportunity for Pauline to go off to boarding school with Juliet and from there, they could make their way to the U.S. to live out their fantasy. I don't have any words. Like, well, just, uh, I mean, 15 and 16, like, around that age, I feel like you have big dreams for yourself. But also, like, I don't know. The obsession is still what, like... Maybe it's because I didn't have a lot of close... Me. me neither. I was never... in high me school. So I will say, like, I don't understand. younger teens, like, 13 or 14, like, I definitely, like, obsessed over boys. But still, like, to the point, like, to make myself sick, never. Like, no. I honestly can't, like, understand that. But. No, exactly. Own, I guess. <laughs> well, 
so because Juliet was going and this, they were terrified of being apart. Pauline brought this to her parents and were like, and she's like, please let me go with her. I can help keep her company. But Pauline's parents were not a fan of the idea and put a stop to it right away. Pauline's mother specifically thought this would be a really great thing for the girls to be separated from each other, learn to be their own person without each other. And this made the girls angry. Yeah. Specifically Pauline. She was ticked. Furious. But honestly, like, I kind of agree with the mother, though. Like, at 15 and 16, like, you have the rest of your life ahead of you. So, you don't... I mean, at that age, you don't see that. You no. just see, like, what's right no. ahead. But you want what you want, and yes, you don't understand that is true. why you can't Teenagers are... You're kind of selfish in that that time Unfortunately, of your life. Unfortunately, you I mean, are. I, I definitely was. I won't lie. So, Pauline blamed her, her mother for this separation that was going to happen. So, this began a plot between Pauline and Juliet. So, yep, they were 16 and 15 to remove Pauline's mother as an obstacle. A plot had began to take place. No. I just, I can see it already. Yeah. So, remember, 16 and 15 years old. So young. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So June 22nd, 1954, just a normal, beautiful, and, or what I imagine to be a very beautiful day in New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand is on my bucket list (laughs) to go see. (laughs) So I imagine it to be a very beautiful day. I mean, it's in the middle of summer, June 22nd, 1954. Pauline convinced her mother to go on a walk with her and Juliet in a place called Victoria Park. Park. It uh, so is um, Victoria Park. Is it like you know, like a town park, or is it more of like a kind of both? Uh, it's 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 like this mm, edge of town park. I don't yeah, know. I would say it's kind of it, an edge of the town. There's a a path. There's several paths that go into a wooded area part or right. a park. So it's kind of like a, a more secluded. It's not out in the middle of yes. Everyone. And they did stop at a tea kiosk before uh for afternoon tea tea before heading down to the park and which makes sense they're in new zealand tea is a big thing in london new zealand those kind of places anyway so they stopped there before heading down a path into the wooded area of the park i'm I'm like i want to say don't go (laughs) (laughs) don't go please don't go All right, Juliet went on ahead and placed a pink stone on the path to distract Pauline's mother. Then, while she leaned over to pick up the stone, the girls pulled out a broken brick, placed the brick into a pair of stockings, which are tights, yeah, and hit her over the head. No. Over and over and over again until Honora Parker was dead. This just, like, makes me sick to my stomach. I have been mad at my mom, like, when, I, you know, teenagers mad at getting mad you at their get parents. mad, yeah. I, I can't even, like, imagine that, like, even being a thought in my mind to kill my mo- own mother. Like, oh, sure, I threatened sick. the whole, I'm going to run away. Oh, I'm, yeah. And you know what's funny? Mom would be like, okay, 
See ya. Okay, see ya. <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck. We know where you'll be back. <laughs> exactly. Like, so I'm like, I, I could not understand. Uh, yeah, it, it honestly makes me sick. All right, so Honora Parker is dead. So Pauline and Juliet covered in blood threw the brick into another part of the woods and ran back to the tea kiosk screaming and crying that Pauline's mother had fallen and hit her head. So they, okay, put on a mask and brought on tears. Just thinking about it and you may get to this. No, you're good. But do they really think they're going to get away with this? I mean, if they beat her, you said they had blood all over themselves. It's going to be splattered on them. If, oh, if yeah. she would have just tripped so and hit her head, like it would have been splattered over them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's sorry. I'm getting like the whole the story they came up with like is they didn't. Quite it's very juvenile. It is very yes. juvenile, which makes sense for their age. Oh yeah. So, anyways, so they went back to that uh, tea kiosk and screaming and crying and saying, uh, "My mother, she fell and she she hit her head." And the owners of the kiosk phoned the police, and of course, when the body was found, it initiated an investigation. Yeah, like, why wouldn't this? When both girls were interviewed, they stuck to their story. They said that Honora had fallen and hit her head. When they were confronted about the multiple lacerations on Honora's head, neck, and back, the girls simply stated, well, she bumped and banged her head when she fell. Okay, but what about her back? Okay, like, well, I'm going to state here that though this path, was in a wooded area of the park. It was not a treacherous path. There weren't any rocks. There weren't any boards. There really wasn't anything for anyone to accidentally fall over and continuously hit their head. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a very well-taken-care-of path for walking. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know if you... I don't think you mentioned this, but how did they say, like, how they found her? Like, was she laying on her stomach? Or um, no, it actually it, they just found her where she had fallen. Okay, so I'm gonna guess I'm like she's kind of if they had if she had in that like just imagine my head if she's bending down to pick up a rock, I would like think that when they hit her on the back of the head, she fell forward on like her stomach or chest. So I, yeah, I mean I guess everywhere I read happened it, at this point, but still like I don't know. She goes down to pick up a rock and she falls forward. You know, well, like, and I you're, feel you're like walking, you start covering your head, too. Like. Yeah, but that doesn't explain the back lacerations. They probably just continued yeah. hitting her. There's she probably no way fell. they thought this through, yeah. but the police aren't going to think she just got some scratches Again, on her back dur- during this fall. It was <laughs> such a juvenile story. Oh, yeah. Very juvenile. Very. At this point, the police officers knew the girls were lying through their teeth, and they needed to separate the girls. And no. interview them. They're going to be sick. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I should have said. Well, they decide to separate them. They're kind of giving them alone time, figuring it out. Meanwhile, well, they've separated the girls um, for their interviews. Uh, the police ask Pauline's father if they could just kind of look around in their room, see if they can find anything, and they discover Pauline's diary. And in it, they found entries from before the fall, and these are just some of the, what was written. So a few weeks before, quote, why could mother not die? Dozens of people are dying. Thousands are dying every day. 
So why not mother and father too? End quote. Oh, that like breaks my heart. Oh, it gets worse. Oh no. A couple days before, quote, this notion is not new to me, but this time it is a definite plan which we intend to carry out. We have worked it all out and are both thrilled with the idea. Naturally, we feel a trifle nervous, but the anticipation is great, end quote. The night before, quote, I am writing a little of this up before the death. I feel very excited and the night before Christmas, end quote. Wait, is the night before Christmas Eve? No. Is that what you said? No. So she, she says, or I'll just read that oh, again. Oh, I get what you're saying. She feels she excited. She feels like and, it's the night before Christmas. Yes. Like, she is excited for this plan. This, no. Yes. No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Well, Girl. <laughs> yep. I was, I was like, are uh, you freaking kidding me when I read that? So anyway, the, the police officers decide they're going to confront Juliet first. She seems like the weakest link between the two girls. They confronted her with what was found in Pauline's diary. And they're like, we, we know, we know the truth, just tell us. So Juliet broke and she told them the truth. Told that they had been plotting this, they didn't want to be separated. And Pauline initially came up with the idea and Juliet thought it was a great idea. And so they, and this is all happening in that same day, same night. Oh, yeah. So it's like they did not, I'm, I'm not saying what they did was right, but they no. did not come up with a good plan at all because it. No. And it makes me like, it wasn't even, the fact that it wasn't just like, it just happened. Like, I, it wasn't I a crime of passion. Yeah, it didn't just like happen. Like, cause they didn't get chance, angry and made like, it happen. They planned this for mm-hmm. weeks. Weeks in advance. Oh, yeah, months. Oh. So both girls were then arrested. Pauline Parker and Juliet Hume were convicted of murder on August 28, 1954. But in New Zealand, they were too young to be considered for the death pen- penalty and would end up only serving a little over five years in prison. They had a no-contact order put in place and sent to different prisons. So, meaning, like, during your prison stay, you cannot contact each other. You cannot call. You cannot write. You cannot, um, Julian. <laughs> yes. I mean, considering oh, what yeah. came about their relationship, oh, their bad. friendship. <laughs> so, Juliet went to Mount Eden Prison in Auckland, New Zealand, and Pauline was sent right there near Christchurch to the Paparua Prison, which I hope I said that right, so forgive me if it is not pronounced right. So after those five years, uh, Juliet was released unconditionally. So that meant she didn't have to be on probation or anything. And she went straight back to England and she became a flight attendant. She did, however, continue writing. She changed her name to none other than Anne Perry and released her first novel in 1979. Would you like to guess what she wrote about? Well, the murder, of course. No. Oh. <laughs> but the course. friendship obsession? No. She focused her books on historical detective crime fiction. 
Oh, boy. Of all things. Oh, no. I feel like this is, something's going to happen. Something else is coming. Okay. She, Sorry. She became quite famous. She became quite a famous author. She earned the Agatha Award, which is an award in recognition, oh, in memory of Agatha Christie, who is a famous murder novelist, crime novelist. Edgar Award for her stories. And Edgar Award is for Edgar Allan Poe. She eventually moved. Oh, you're going to love this part. This was shocking to me, knowing just the way we grew up and everything. She eventually moved to to the United States and became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She fell in love with the religion because of their views on forgiveness. She, uh, as far as I know, she never married. She just went on quietly with her life. So Anne Perry did live quietly until about 1994 when a movie called Heavenly Creatures was released based off of the murder that she committed as a young teenager. Oh no. She tried to just stay out of the limelight, mm-hmm. hide who, who she was, but then she finally came clean and stated that she knows that she did what she did was wrong and she served her time for it. Because of everything, and I mean, it's been years, her friends stuck by her, and she was able to continue writing despite her true identity being found out. Anne Perry, a.k.a. Juliet Hume, died on April 10th, 2023, after suffering a heart attack. So she just Just recently died just a couple months ago. And her last novel was released the following day. Wow, like just a day after she passed. I know, it's crazy. That's insane. Um, when Pauline was released, she had to stay in New Zealand. For, because, like, probation? Yep, on okay. probation for six months. Upon her release, she was also given a new identity. The new identity was Hilary Nathan. After finishing up her proba- probation, she left for England. As I was doing my research, there was not much I could find out about her until about 1992. She was living in a small village near Kent, England, and was running a children's riding school, a riding school as in horses. After the movie release based on the murder, Pauline's sister released a statement saying, quote, Pauline has committed the most terrible crime and has spent 40 years repaying it by keeping away from people and doing her own thing. After it happened, she was very sorry about it. End quote. As of today, Pauline Parker is still alive and living in that small village. Neither Pauline nor Juliet ever spoke to or contacted each other again. And as far as I could find, Pauline never married as well and just kept to herself. Kind of makes you wonder, like, I don't know. It just seems so weird. Like, I don't know. It's so crazy. Okay, like, so I'm like, I, I don't even know what to think now. Like, I have questions. I'm for like you. almost happy for Anne, I guess her Anne Perry, yeah, new name. I like that she was able to like move on. I mean, still a terrible thing. Like I'm honestly surprised they only got five years. I think that's insane. Even though they were teenagers, like that your your brain how premeditated that was and everything. It's just I don't Exactly. It was premeditated. But I mean, again, this did happen in New Zealand, which they yeah. definitely have different laws than Oh, yeah. And it America. was almost uh, 50 years 50 ago. 50 years ago. More 70 than. years ago. Yeah. After reading this, I just I wrote these questions down because I thought it was interesting. 
do you think people can just do a one-off, have remorse, and never kill again? And do you think people can be rehabilitated? I mean, because you brought in that this was a planned out crime. It wasn't a crime of passion. They didn't just snap and kill Pauline's mother. They had planned it out. So I don't know. I feel like that's a hard one to answer about, like, um, you know, kind of being rehabilitated. I like to a point, I think people can be. People should but, be given a second chance. Yes. I like, I definitely. In some cases. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I am cases. definitely a believer in like second chances. Um, but also, like, I feel like, I don't know. It's hard with like this crime because I feel like it was so brutal. Like, they didn't think no twice. normal they didn't teenager. an eye. Think, yeah, no normal teenager just thinks, oh, I'm going to go beat my mother with a brick. Because I'm so mad at her. I mean, they might, you know, swear at your mom, yell at your mom, whatever. Threaten to run away. Yeah. But that's just a whole new level that it's like. But they obviously. It's it's a hard thing to answer. Looking at the way their lives ended, though, they were able to move past it. Yes, they changed their, you know, their names. Yeah. And they created lives and stayed pretty peaceful and quiet out of like they didn't break laws anymore after yes. that. Like, well, and actually, the fact that they changed their names kind of to me thinks like they really do want to move on from this and become better. Where like there's a lot of crimes that people love the fame, they love the attention mm-hmm. they get from the crimes they commit. Where they were like they didn't want anybody to know, they didn't well, want to be a part of it. They kind of wanted to. When the movie came it out, it seemed like they wanted to leave it in the past and try to, you know. I mean, yeah, better and when that movie came out in 1994, uh, Pauline wanted nothing to do with it. She didn't want to talk. And so her sister talked to the media for her and said, just leave her alone. She She's made her peace. She knows what she did is wrong. Yeah. Now leave her alone. Like, yeah. So, I mean, you can always hope that people can be rehabilitated. And yes. I, I personally think that it really depends on the case and the person. Oh, yeah. It depends on your psychological makeup. goes deeper than mm-hmm. just... Even though, again, I mean, you know, I guess I know. you could say as teenagers, your brains aren't fully developed. Emotions run way differently than yeah. they do when you are a full-grown adult. For sure. So, anyways... Yeah, that's right. that's my well, that's case insane. this week. <laughs> I like, I have so many questions for them, especially like, like you almost want to yeah their them. own world thing is like I don't know. It kind of makes me think like too that maybe they kind of forgot about reality because they were so infatuated like with this world that they had made up between the, the they day, were in their own bubble that they Just almost the like couldn't see between reality and like fiction. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what happened. They're like, oh, this isn't really happening. But, well, and then. I don't know. It's it, so, I oh. imagine that finally put, being put in prison and being separated, they finally realized, like, oh, my gosh, what the heck did we just do? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I definitely I mean, don't want to. I know. I guess I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. No, go um, ahead. Like, play devil's advocate. I don't know. I'm kind of glad they moved on. But also, like, not saying that what they did was okay. But it happened and so if they were able to get better i mean i guess they did and i'm 
I'm happy for them. Happy for like, them. That they were honesty, able to. I would say I'm happy yeah, for them. Still, and it comes back hard. down. I think it depends on the case. It depends on the person. Oh yeah. It depends on the age. Yeah. Like, for I sure. think there is hope, and there's always a possibility for a second chance. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here, potatoes. Stay safe, potatoes, and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,